Welcome to Global Outpouring. I'm Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. And we have a special podcast for you today. The Lord has been speaking to us with a very direct message about building an altar of worship to Him. So that's what we're going to discuss today as we look at what is an altar and what is worship from earthly point of view and from heavenly point of view. A few days ago, I received a call from Argentina from an intercessor there, and she was crying and she said, the Lord gave me a word for you and told me to call you. And here's what the word is. Te necesito levantarme un altar de adoración. Te bendigo. So in case you don't speak Spanish, that means I need you to raise up for me an altar of worship. I bless you. So I received that, and I've been meditating on it, and I've been sharing the message with many people around the world, actually. I've been texting it to India and Japan and um, Argentina, and and they're telling me, well, we've been doing that already. That's what the Lord spoke to us when we were shut up into our homes. We've started building an altar of worship. Mm -hmm. So many people I've spoken to have said the same thing, that God had already put this on their hearts. So what we're seeing is that there is a global altar of worship that's being built. And we want to encourage you to get into this season of building an altar of worship with us because it's what the Holy Spirit is saying right now. He's not just saying it to me. He's not just saying to us. He's saying it all around the world. And that is part of preparing for what God is about to do in his mighty global outpouring that he's going to be doing. So we want to look at what, what does it look like? What does it feel like? How do we build an altar of worship? Yeah. You know, in a worship service, it's the worship that builds the atmosphere. Yeah, that's true. Changes the atmosphere. You know, the presence of God, when worship comes up, the presence of God comes down. But it has to be the mindset of the people. They put everything away from them because when they went to the temple to worship and they brought their sacrifice and they had this desire to please God. Right. And now our worship is to our Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, who we've had this experience with. And so we don't have to bring an animal you know, for a sacrifice, but we are the living sacrifice. That's true. And, and the, the New Testament says that we are the temple of the living God. So this is different than, than what it was in biblical times in a way. But just to get an idea of what it was in biblical times, we see the first altar when Noah came out of the ark with his three sons and their wives and his wife and all of these animals. And he had taken in extra animals. He had taken seven of every kind of clean animal so that he would have something to sacrifice when they came out. So it was a Thanksgiving offering, and it was a place where God made a covenant. It was a covenant altar where he, he put the rainbow in the, in the cloud to say, I will never do this again. I will never flood the earth again. You can count on it every time you see a rainbow. It's a covenant place. Yes. So an altar can be a covenant place, a place where you make a covenant with God, where God makes a covenant with you. Yes. 
And then we see about 10 generations after Shem, who was the son of Noah, we see Abram. And God appears to Abram, and as soon as God appears to Abram, the first thing he does is build an altar. And God appeared to Abram a number of times, and every time he did, Abram built an altar. It's a place of remembrance of what God has promised, because God kept promising him, this land, everything that you see here, when he obeyed him and went out of his country and and into the land that the Lord showed him, this promise of this is the land that I'm giving to you and your descendants. This promise was ratified, was established at an altar. Mm-hmm. When we build an altar, it's it's a place where we're meeting with God and communing with God. And, and one of the altars that Abram built was when God spoke to him and said, take your son, your only son that you love, Isaac, and bring him to a place that I will show you. Bring him to the mountains of Moriah. And I will show you a place there, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. So Abraham immediately took his son and some servants, and they headed off to the mountains of Moriah. Well, the place that God showed him was the place that later was to be where the temple would be built. And it was actually the place where Jesus was crucified, I believe, um, and if you come to Israel with us in November, I'll show you exactly what what that means because the end of Mount Moriah was quarried out to become the stones that they needed to build the temple in Solomon's day. And before that, uh, David bought that place, that piece of land, a threshing floor that belonged to a Jebusite named Ornan, and he bought it so that he could stop the plague and ask the Lord to forgive the sin of numbering the people. And God was entreated and the plague was stopped. Mm-hmm. So stopping plagues is something that happens when you build an altar. I think yes. it's a good idea for us to build an altar, don't you? Yes, and even uh, it was a Jacob when he was going to meet his brother Esau. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and and so here he is. He has all these contentions with his family. He put his wives and children up front, you know, and he put his least favorite wife as the first one. You, know, you can yeah, read yeah. that in the scripture. <laughs> he says, I want Leah, you know, I uh, don't want Leah, I want uh, Rachel, you know. The, but, and the concubines went first. And the concubines yeah. went first. And then, the you know, doing putting all these first. And so he has this great fear because his brother wanted to kill him. For good reason. For good reason, because he, he was a surplanter. You yeah, know, that had, was his he name. Had, he had stolen the birthright, so, and and so so here he is. You know, the night before he meets his brother, and he's got his head on the rock, trying to sleep, and he has this tremendous visitation of the angels coming up and down, up uh, and down. That 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 one was bef- as he was fleeing from his brother the first time, and then he has the wrestling when he's on then his he way wrestling. to. Yeah. So he limped all the way in to see his brother. Yeah. That humbled him. It hum- that humbled him very much. Yeah. But that was that was his altar. Yeah. He, these are encounter places with yes. God. Yes. And we need to have fresh encounters with God every single day. Mm. You know, in modern times, many churches call their entire service a worship service. And those of us that are well actually we're we're worship leaders right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but we think in terms of uh you know the songs that we're going to sing 
But remember the song, um, I bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required. I'm coming back to the heart of worship because it's all about you. It's all about you, Lord. And that's what God is calling us to do in these days is to get our priorities straight so that we are worshiping God, not ourselves. You know, our society is so me-centered. Mm. We're, it's all about me. You know, uh, all I can do is see what's wrong around me. And my opinion is what's important. But no, we surrender. But that's part of the, the meaning of the word worship is to bow down, to prostrate yourself. to uh, to de- When you prostrate yourself, you are deliberately putting yourself in a face down position before mm. someone superior to you. Uh, particularly to God. Uh, and that's that's even to this day, that's how idolaters worship. But, uh, you know, yeah. tell about what it's like in Tibet, Philip. Two times we've taken teams into Tibet and and we went to the temple that was there and, and they, they would stand up, they would put their hands in a praying position, bow down, and they would get on the floor, stretch their hands out straight and just prostrate themselves totally flat and come up and then again and stand up and do that over and over. And you can see where the imprints in the rock where this has been done for hundreds of years. Yeah, it's just worn the out. same spot. And, and they do that, many of them in pilgrimage, all the way up to the, to the temple. Yeah, it's, it's like an inchworm. Like, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> they 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 inch their way along, um, one body length at a time, going from where they live to wherever the temple is that they're going to go worship. And to them, this is worship because that's what they've been taught. Right. But they've never had an encounter with the living God. Right. Yeah. But you know, I think we've forgotten how to do that in most of our churches. Once in a while, you'll see someone prostrate themselves in the presence of the Lord. But when you have a mighty outpouring. Mm. Sometimes people just fall down, and they yeah. can't help themselves. And that is also one of the meanings of of uh, bowing. Sometimes it's a it's like a a forced bowing, or you can't help yourself. You're going to yeah. fall down. What happened in the in the temple when, uh, or first of all in the tabernacle, and it happened again in Solomon's temple. When they're the dedication of the temple, the priests could not stand right. to minister because right. they were just overwhelmed with the presence of God. Yeah, that's what happened to Ezekiel. He made this trip to heaven and he, you know, he just can't help himself. He crumples to the ground. Yeah, it's just powerful. And and they were on their way to captivity, Ezekiel, when, when they oh, were, yeah. when they, when, when he had this vision, when you read his visions, I mean, the Jerusalem was destroyed. They're going into captivity for 70 years and the Lord gives them these these visions and when when you read the whole book of Ezekiel you can see where the glory was there and how the glory disappeared because, from the temple from the temple because idolatry came in yeah Ezekiel said he took me by the hairs of my head and lifted me up and just showed him everything actually let him look into the temple and see the idolatry that was going on before it was destroyed and you can see why God was angry. He had statues in the temple and, mm-hmm. you know, of idols. And, and they were offering incense in the back room to something else besides God. And they had images on the wall, you know, probably from, from Egypt, you know, many of the things. And they were facing the east. When they were, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> it was all these accounts are in Ezekiel. They're a little harder to find, but they're in there. And it's just like you can see why 
you know, God in his mercy, has tremendous mercy, but 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 um he gave them the prophets, but when the cup of iniquity was full It was time for judgment. It was time for judgment. Yeah. And and you know, a good God judges righteously. And in wrath he remembers mercy when we ask for it. Yes. We we have to remember that that he is absolutely righteous. There's there's a teaching out there that, you know, God is good and he doesn't allow anything bad. He doesn't he doesn't make anything happen that's bad. But you know, that's giving the devil way too much credit. Yes, he's evil and yes, he does evil things all the time. But there is a time when disobedience needs to be punished. And a good father will punish disobedience. You know, you give you give a chance and you give another chance and you give another chance. And there's a time when, look, if the if daddy doesn't correct this, it's going to make trouble for the child when he grows up. Yeah. Discipline. It's discipline and it's righteous and it's holy and a loving father does that. And we, we've lost sight of how a loving father corrects. And you have to have self discipline to live a life of worship unto the Lord. That's true. It's discipline. And because, you know, our you know, we're spirit, soul, body and our soul, you know, our, our emotions and all the uh, the things, our thought patterns and that, they want to take us control. But it's our spirit that hears and receives from God. So if we can quiet our soul down yeah. and just open the self up for to hear from God, and the only way that can that can happen happen is spending time with Him. Exactly, exactly. And I I was reading in uh, Anna Roundtree's book, The Priestly Bride, recently, uh, and she makes a comment that at our moment that we're born again. We are immediately placed in the Spirit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and that's as high as we can get. But it takes a lifetime journey to get as deep as we can get. Hmm. And that's part of what we're talking about, this journey of walking with our Father. Jesus paid the price on the cross for us to be completely restored to fellowship with him. It's the it's the new covenant. It's it's what he said when he when he gave the holy communion. He said this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Well, what's the new covenant? It refers back to Jeremiah 31 starting with verse 31 through about 35 or 36 and there are three major promises that he promises. And the first one is that I will forgive your iniquity. Well, that's what Jesus' yeah. death paid for, was to forgive our iniquity. And the second was that he would then write his word in our hearts. And the third one is that we would know him. We'll be restored to the fellowship with our father that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden. But it depends on how much we choose to go there. We can live in the garden with God if we'll just lay down our rights. If we'll, well, I have a right to this. Well, yeah, you have a right to this. You also have a right to be wrong if you choose to be wrong. We have we have choice. We have a right mm-hmm. to choose. But we can choose wrongly, and it's only going to ruin what could have been. And so, you know, God is all about restoring us to that place that he made for us in the first place. He made for us a garden. And so walking with him, walking in worship, walking in obedience, walking in humility, 
when we humble ourselves in the in the sight of the Lord, hmm. that can look like prostrating ourselves on the floor. And sometimes I, I prefer to pray that way. I like to pray face down because it's a, it's a place of humility. It's a place of, of, Lord, I'm bowing as low as I possibly can bow because I want you to have your way. I want to know you. I want to know all the things that you have for me, and I want to know what you want. What What do you have for me to do? Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father doing. Mm-hmm. I only say what I hear my Father saying. And I want that kind of life too. Mm-hmm. I want to walk in that kind of relationship with our Father that Jesus had. So we see that there is an earthly worship but it's connected to the heavenly worship. Uh, I, I just quoted how we're in heavenly places in Christ Jesus as, we, as we're born again. And we can come boldly before the throne of grace at any time. Yes. But once we get to that throne of grace, we can be overwhelmed by his glory and fall prostrate before him. Yeah. And even the, the Lord told Moses on the mount, make everything according to the pattern that you saw in the, in the mount. And the Lord gave him the pattern. The Lord gave him the pattern of the law, the pattern of worship of the of the tabernacle. When you look in Revelation chapter 11, verse 19, and the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. And the temple of God was opened. And so there was an actual ark of the covenant which held the the you know the pot of manna. It held the the Ten Commandments, and it was in the holy of holies. So this is God's holy of holies, the temple. There was the the menorah. You you can read the menorah is 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 in yeah, heaven. Seven branched candlestick. The seven branch candlestick is there, but you don't see a brazen altar mentioned anywhere, because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. And that's the only thing that was added when it came to earth. And he was slain from the foundation of the earth. Yeah. And and so so if the glory originates out of heaven, right. and what, what did Jesus uh, pray in the Lord's Prayer? On earth as it is in heaven. Exactly. And so we have this, this picture in Revelation gives us a picture of what happens. You know, there's a temple, there's a throne room, and, and the worship is, is going on at the throne. And and even in chapter f- uh, 4 of Revelation, verse 8, it talks about the living creatures. And they're just, um, you know, just falling prostrate down before the Lord. And then it goes on and also in chapter um, 19, where the 24 elders, they cast their their crowns. It's like everything I have, I've just cast down before the Lord. And then, all my good stuff. Yeah, all my good stuff, yeah. <laughs> and then in verses 5 and 6, then all his serps, all those his servants and all the others, they're just just worshiping the Lord. And those that, that have had the experience of going to heaven and coming back, and those that were privileged to be able to go to the throne room and what they see and some things they can't see, it's it's sealed up. Or they can't say it. Or least. they can't say it. You yeah. Know? And and it's just it's just so powerful and it just goes on twenty four seven. And that's where worship originated. Even as we're sitting here you're doing this podcast, you're driving in your car, you're listening somewhere, 24-7 worship. Of course, there's no time in heaven. There's no yes. such thing as 24-7. But it's continual worship going up before the throne all the time. 
And that's what the Lord wants us to, that's what we want to do is just to join in their worship. And and I think it was also in Anna Roundtree's book where when she had her visit to heaven, she saw the angels up there and they were writing it was like worship. They were oh, writing yes. the worship. Sharon, why didn't you yeah, explain as, that? You... As, as worship was coming up from the earth, she saw it as a physical or, or tangible substance that was, was moving on its way toward the throne. And the angels, as, as they were going by, would, would jump on and ride it for a little while and add their worship to it as it was on its way to the throne. And what also she saw was that there's a, a small altar where worship that isn't quite up to standard goes there to to pass through the fire before it's offered <laughs> to the lord so when when we're not uh when we're not quite where we ought to be uh he's he still has a way of purifying it so that it, yeah. it's a pure offering before him so our our worship can be in music our worship can be in dance mm-hmm. uh people that have been to to heaven have described how the people are dancing before the Lord and and like there's circle dances and I remember reading in Odin Hetrick's book uh, about um, how there's a thing called the cup of love where people join together in a dance and they form a cup and it's like it's filled with love for the Lord hmm. so we can we can do things on earth as it is in heaven and yes. the more we understand about as how is it in heaven the more we can do it down here and i believe that that breaks up this problem that's in the second heaven you know that the the, uh, the angel that fell lucifer halel whatever you want to call him he was the anointed cherub that covers so he still has that in his being that he wants to cover and he's he's trying to cover us from from getting to god he's covering god so we can't get to him and and trying to interfere in between god and us and so when we have worship that goes up to him and it's it's not a matter of a song so much as it is a matter of the heart, heart. yeah and you know the lord gave us clearly the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. But it it also talks about in uh, Deuteronomy 28 about the blessings that come from obedience and the curses that come from disobedience. And so our lives as we lead a life of worship as we lead a life of love with the Lord and a a walking together with him and communing together as friends and communing together. You know, he's looking for a bride that looks like his son. There are some rabbis who will not marry a couple unless they look like each other, like brother and sister. And then then he knows, the rabbi knows that this is a match that's been made in heaven and, Mm. and it'll work. I don't know whether that's really true on the earth or not, but I know that it's true in heavenly things because our father is looking for a bride that looks like his son, Mm. looking for a bride that has the character of his son, looking for a bride that has allowed the Holy Spirit to move in us and develop the character of Christ. It's all spelled out in the fruit of the Spirit where love and joy and peace mm. and patience and kindness and gentleness and, and, and all of those things that are 
worked into our character where we have we've continued to surrender we've continued to sacrifice ourselves continue to give ourselves to the lord in love it, it's not about lip service where we just say the right thing but our hearts are far from him yeah. and it's not about going through the actions without our hearts being in it it's about doing what we do out of a heart of love yes. for our father that's what prepares us for heaven and that is really, I believe, that's building an altar of worship to him in walking in a way that is worshipful and in, in practicing his presence. If you haven't ever read Brother Lawrence's book, The Practice of the Presence of God, go out online and find it. It's available as a PDF, I think, um, in a, a few places. Uh, it's a classic from 400 years ago. And and practicing the presence of God walking with him, keeping in an attitude of worship that everything that we do, we do out of loving obedience to him and out out of loving worship to him. Even if you can't sing, even if you can't dance, you, you can lift your hands. If you can't lift your hands, lift your heart. Maybe you maybe you don't have arms and legs. Maybe you're a paraplegic, but your heart can sing to the Lord. Yes. Your heart can can reach out to him and worship him and give him the glory that's due unto his name. We see it described in Isaiah uh, chapter 6 where it, it, there's you see the seraphim and they've got six wings and their two wings are covering their faces and two wings are covering their feet and two wings are are, are causing them to fly and they they cry one to another like a, like a contrapuntal choir going back and forth one sings this and one sings that and they're singing holy mm. holy holy is the lord god almighty or holy 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 is jehovah tsavaod the lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory or you might translate it, uh, his glory is the fullness of the whole earth. God wants this altar of worship that connects the the heavenly altar with the earthly altar. It connects worship in heaven with worship on earth. It clears the heavens. It's time for those powers that are are trying to keep us from getting through to heaven to be cast down into the earth and by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. That is the kind of attitude of worship that builds an altar to the Lord to prepare us for what is coming. Yes, amen. In Romans chapter 12, you know, it talks about making our bodies a living sacrifice. So Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2 I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And to be transformed is the word metamorpho. Yes. To be changed. You know, like metamorpho is what happens when the, the ugly plant-eating caterpillar wraps himself in a cocoon and comes out a butterfly. Yeah. And inside of that cocoon, there's an amazing transformation of a, of a worm-like looking thing into something with beautiful wings and colors and I can just take uh, flight. And that's what we can do if we can transform our minds, our mindset. And if we put our mind on the Lord and, and just making a living sacrifice means 
you know, nobody's tying you to the altar. That's you know, right. I'll sacrifice altar. You have to put yourself on it. And putting yourself on it is your desires. And anything that would keep you back from the presence of God is what has to go on that altar. And if you just turn that over to the Lord and be that living sacrifice wherever you go, that you it'll transform your mind, your way of thinking, and it'll transform that the presence of God, the atmosphere around you will just change. It's true, and it's a process. It, you, there's a there's a time when that that caterpillar becomes green goo before it becomes a butterfly. So it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Don't get frustrated. Just keep your eyes on Jesus because this altar of worship is going to prepare us for what he is about to do as he pours out his spirit upon all flesh in the great global outpouring. If you enjoyed today's episode, Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the good news of God's global outpouring. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, connect with us, get a link to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. You can browse our online bookstore for amazing anointed material. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.